Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive. I thought it was supposed to be a sunny day today. It's been uh, it's been rather overcast today. Uh, on this Friday, but it is Friday as we head into the weekend. Hope everybody doing well, and uh, we we have a lot of news today. There there is uh, there there is a lot of movement going on. But but I, I want to start with I want to start with 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 big news here. It may not be the biggest breaking news, but I want to let you know that that Coach Don Dunn has been retained <laughs> by the drive. Yeah. Uh, my goodness, uh, Don! How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I got a lot of people fooled. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, we're 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 glad to have you. No question about it. But uh, this this is a day we were talking a little bit before uh, before we came in here, came into the studio, and and you're right. This is uh, very close to a a Black Friday. There there are coaching moves being made all across the country. Today, yeah, I was uh, shocked uh, right before uh, I pulled up. My phone started dinging. When I got in the parking lot, I noticed that uh, on uh, the scoop football scoop, I couldn't get through it all. I mean, uh, North Carolina, of course, yesterday. Uh, Ohio State's making big changes. Uh, Georgia Tech, uh, you know, Auburn today. Uh, so it's uh, like uh, used to be the Monday after the last game or last bowl game. Right. Now it's kind of stretched out and I think a lot of that had to do with the playoffs and even the portal and all that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. Oh, you're ab- <clears throat> you're absolutely right about that. And the portal is just about closed. It's not completely uh as we were saying, the uh, the deadline for players to enter the portal was either January 2nd or 5 days after any team's last game. So that would include Bowl games and and the New Year's Six and the and the semifinals. So you know what that means. It's still not actually going to be closed because Michigan and Washington players could enter the portal all the way up till next. And I don't mean tomorrow. I mean next Saturday with their game being Monday. But for everybody else, the portal uh, was closing uh, in the last few days for teams that played New Year's Day. It would be midnight. Uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I mean, we've seen quite a few players from teams that did participate on New Year's Day into the portal. But I agree. I think that's one of the reasons because um, head coaches, administrations are wonder, you know, wanting you, you, you need though you need those assistants to try to hang on to the players that are considering getting into the portal. Right, uh, especially like if it's your position coach at your school and he's gone, then. You know, why do I who's going to convince stay? kids to yeah, stay? Exactly. Who's going to be my coach? This guy recruited me. He's been like my father. Now he's gone. So I may be gone also. It's very interesting, like we talked. 
Yes, and and as you mentioned, Auburn making one move so far today, and uh, I I don't know anyone who feels like that will be the last move as uh, a a brief release today by by Auburn Athletics at uh, around 120, 121 as a matter of fact is when it came, Uh, and and the release just reads, Auburn Offensive Coordinator Philip Montgomery will not be retained Head coach Hugh Freeze announced Friday, and it has a quote from from uh, Coach Freeze saying, "I informed Philip today he would not be retained as our offensive coordinator. Philip's a good coach and a good man. Decisions like this are never easy. However, I decided that it is this is best for our program moving forward. I'm appreciative of his efforts this past year and wish him nothing but the best." So, with that statement, Auburn has an opening at offensive coordinator. There are already hot boards of possible candidates and you know the the first name and folks have been speculating this for a while is Kent Austin mm-hmm. who has been with Hugh Freeze for quite a while was his offensive coordinator at Liberty came to Auburn has been at Auburn as a special assistant to the head coach and also has been I mean he's he's known for his work with quarterbacks so he is a possibility uh, a couple of other names that have been mentioned Derek Nix uh, there was, uh, there, you know, there was there was a lot of buzz last year that Auburn and Hugh Freeze was interested in Derek Nix, who had been with Hugh Freeze for his entire tenure at Ole Miss. Derek, interestingly, he's a native of Atala, mm-hmm. played at Etowah High School. He was the running back before Carnell was right. the running back there at Etowah. His brother Tyrone, yes. an outstanding. Defensive coach and has been a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when Hugh Freeze um, was at Ole Miss, or when no, I guess when 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 Derek Nix went to Ole Miss, and he went to Ole Miss back in 2008, so he right. preceded um, Hugh Freeze at mm-hmm. Ole Miss. He had played at Southern Miss, mm-hmm. outstanding running back at Southern Miss. Then uh, got his start as an assistant at Southern Miss, moved up to Ole Miss, has been at Ole Miss since 2008. I believe when Derek went to Ole Miss, his brother Tyrone was a defensive coordinator. Right. And the offensive coordinator was Kent Austin. Right. So, I mean, small world, isn't it? It is a big uh, fraternity and family, and there's always usually a connection how one guy gets or stays and, and gets to go somewhere else. It's all about, I guess, who you know again. So, uh it's still interesting, and there's going to be a lot more, I would imagine, with the convention starting uh, probably tomorrow. They'll be showing up in Nashville. I think officially it starts Sunday. So there'll be thousands of coaches there. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and hear some of those rumors oh, yeah, and, you and know things it. that are going on. Well, and, and we were talking about this as well, and that's another reason for the timing of a lot of these announcements now. I mean, we mentioned, yes, to try to retain players on your staff, but if you're going to make a change and the coaching convention is going on, is about to go on in Nashville, it is actually it's helpful to those guys. If they're not going to be on your staff, this at least gives them an opportunity to try to, if they don't have contacts, make them or renew contacts that they have with other coaches to try to land new jobs. Yeah, it's a very stressful situation for those guys that get let go right like today or tomorrow. But yeah, they'll go to the convention, and most schools will pay, you know, for their expenses, which right. is which is the right thing to do. 
But uh, <laughs> I tell you, it is wide open. You're not kidding. There's so much more we will get to. We'd love for you to join in. You can do so by giving us a call on the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. Bill and Coach Don Dunn. Uh, We're expecting to hear from Justin Ferguson today. We're going to try to check in with Coach Sonny Smith as well, talk about Auburn, Arkansas tomorrow, and look at the SEC openers. But right now, let's get to the Drive Hotline, and Ed gets us started. Hey, Ed. Hey, uh, Bill, is that Dan with you? No, it's Coach Dunn. Uh, oh, Coach Dunn. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I've just I, I've got a puppy that's chewing on my hand. But, uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I was just gonna. As far as don't 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 both of you think that? Uh, I think everybody pretty much thought that. There was a very good possibility of Montgomery being let go, and I mean, do you think that? Uh, I, I, I think that Hugh Freeze probably already has a list of two or three people. Oh, I'm sure he does. If if he, if he doesn't, I'd be I'd be even more surprised if he didn't. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, Bill. Most most of the head coaches have a list. And that list uh, has probably yeah. been going on all year or even before this year. You have your number one, your number two, your number three. But, yeah, you're right. They have a list. You think the guy you said Ken? Yeah, Ken Austin has been with, with Hugh Freeze for a long time. Remember, he played quarterback at Ole Miss. He had a long uh-huh. career in the CFL. He was a head coach in the CFL. And he's been an uh-huh. offensive coordinator uh, for a good while on the college level. He was Hugh's offensive coordinator at Liberty. And uh, so, if he's if he's if he's huge offensive coordinator, he's probably a pretty good guy with quarterbacks, right? Oh yes, yeah. That's that's what yeah. he's known for is uh, working with quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, hey, uh, you know, I, I I I think we all kind of knew that uh, Montgomery was gone uh, pretty much. You know, but but uh, and I, I think better times are ahead. All right, Warrior guys. Appreciate the call, Ed. Well, you know the the other thing to think about, and and I know there there are a lot of folks that that cringe, thinking, well, you know, it's just year one, and you're already making changes. You're you've you've changed a coordinator. Um, what does that say? Well, I I think it's not it's not unusual at all. No. Um, many times in, in a first year for a first year head coach, he has to get a staff in, and, and in Hugh Freeze's situation, and I heard, heard T-Bone talking about this a little while ago, uh, he's exactly right. Hugh Freeze hired at the end of November. A couple of weeks later came the, the early signing period, which is the main signing period. And you need to have a staff in place to try to bring in some talent to try. And, and they were, they were very fortunate. They flipped three guys that I thought were big, big factors for them this year. Um, so you have to get a staff, and it may not be the top guys on your list right then because they may not they may not be able to leave. Don, you know this. I mean, there may have been uh, – I'm sure you've been in this situation. There may have been a time when someone wanted you to come and you would have liked to have gone, but it just wasn't the right time. You just couldn't do it right at that time. Yeah, that's that's true. In fact, a funny story when I when we came to Auburn 
in 99, uh-huh. uh, David Cutcliffe, who got the job at Ole Miss, called me. He was recruiting me. I mean, every night I was on the road and I'd look at my phone and be Coach Cutcliffe. And I would work, I'd work with him at Tennessee. Sure. And so that was tough. But I'd made a commitment, and Coach Tuberville had made a commitment to me. And uh, thank goodness I did what I did and, and came to Auburn. But, yeah, it's tough, and you can't always get who you want at that time. And it's not unusual to make a change after sometimes even during the season of the first year. It's unfortunate, but so many things go into it, like you said, the recruiting, uh, who's available, who's willing to do it. So it's it's an interesting time. Yeah, and then after after the first year, um, then you can reassess everything. There were some prior relationships, obviously, and that's what you want. I mean, uh, it's you can't expect anyone just to pluck from, oh, this guy's a great recruiter, this guy's a great this or that, and expect the chemistry to work. Because that's another thing that's very, very important. And it's not just, I mean, not just in coaching, I mean in life, in jobs, you, you know, you need people to be able to work with each other and produce, you know, something that's greater than they than each one of them is individually. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and I keep going back because it's all I know is our staff here had great chemistry. It, we did not have a lot you're of, right about a that. Lot that of that's un, unusual. To be at one place ten years in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate. But you you are so right. It's like in any job you do you got to have the workers, the bees, the you know the kings, the queens. It's just it's all got to gel to be successful. And you look at the programs that uh, are on top, and they all usually probably get along, and they and they're not they they don't have egos to the fact that it affects what's going on in the program. And uh, so I mean that's that's the thing. Just look back. Uh, and if you're an Auburn fan, you can look back at Auburn coaching staffs and you can see that's not unusual for there to be some changes, and especially at the coordinator spots. Right. I, I didn't want to really be the coordinator with Coach Tuberville because he made some changes uh, at the coordinator. Well, but well, let's see. Noel was the offensive coordinator, Noel, right, when, when came, you guys Noel came? Noel and, uh, and John Lovett was the defense coordinator, right. and both those guys, unfortunately, were let go later. But uh, – the assistants, all of us stayed together for right. 10 years. Yeah, it's amazing and, to, uh, to how, how yeah. stable we, that staff was. And very close, and no one had an ego and tried to step on someone else's toes. And, and it worked out for the most part. So, I mean, so that is what's going on at Auburn and everywhere. But, I mean, Auburn is one of those places where it's, it's the end of year one. So now is the time you want to go ahead and try to – have your staff ready now because, uh, as you mentioned, the coaching convention is getting started this weekend. And then next weekend is the first weekend you can be bringing in recruits for official visits. And you want to have your staff in place when you're when you're hosting recruits. Yeah, I think the next 48 hours is going to be very interesting all mm-hmm. over the country. And it may not be over. It oh, no, I don't think it is by any means. But I think you're right. By next weekend – in a pretty, pretty. I think it'll be set pretty much. Yeah, I think by by mid to you know yeah. by, by next Wednesday yeah. or Thursday because yeah. you got to get that, them here. That's when yeah. everybody better be hoping they've right. got as much of a staff in place as possible. Right, and the minute those guys are hired or or, or whatever, they have to get on the phone with these recruits and start building right. a relationship. And you know, most of them already know about the top recruits. Oh, it's yeah. not like the old days. So if I'm at Alabama and I'm recruiting a top kid. 
and then I go to Auburn, say, for instance, then I know that kid also. So normally there's a relationship on the great players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in. Again, the the big news thus far uh, Auburn not retaining offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery. We'd love your thoughts as to, uh, you know, who would you suggest? I mean, I, I, I doubt that, uh, that Coach Freeze is, is going to be taking a lot of suggestions now, <laughs> but it's just interesting to see if you, you know, if we have some, uh, uh, some listeners who might have a little finger on the pulse or a good idea who it might be. Love for you to join us as we continue here with the Friday Drive. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, and yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see if we can check in with Coach Sonny Smith here at the bottom of the hour, talk about Auburn basketball, the Tigers with another impressive win the other night over Penn, and they will take on the uh, the Hogs on Saturday up in Fayetteville. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll hopefully looking forward to uh, talking with Sonny here in just a few minutes. Um, meanwhile, we're talking some football, and um, Don, I was I was uh, mentioning some comments from from Nick Saban yesterday, and it's hard to argue with this. I mean, some folks would say, "Yeah, well, uh, just uh, that that's that's what you say when things don't go so well. Things go pretty well for Coach Saban." Yeah. Uh, but but he was saying that in his mind now, college coaching is more difficult than professional coaching because it is nonstop. It is. 24-7, 365, and players are basically now, the NCAA is saying players can be free agents every year. Right. Uh, I agree with him. Uh, with the time uh, that the college coaches put in now, you know, it used to be so much different when I was coaching. Uh, a lot of pressure, but but still, we had some downtime. These guys have no downtime. In the pros, you have no recruiting. Uh, you get a lot of time off from like the end of uh, – I want to say March, you might have some ATOs during the, uh, a couple of months, but basically you have three months off, and uh, it's tough. These poor guys in college now, it's like we were talking the other day, you have to have somebody watching that portal 24-7. Right. Because it could happen any second, and you might be two or three minutes too late. So it's it's a tough deal. And and one of the things uh, I was talking about, I don't know that I finished uh, my my thought when I was talking about yesterday. Last night was the apparent uh, was the uh, deadline for uh, players that played on Saturday to enter the portal. But um, again, they're not always announced right then. Uh, players sometimes will go ahead and post on social media that they're entering the portal. But I believe the schools have up to forty eight hours to get all the paperwork and everything in. So you can still hear about more players entering the portal through the weekend. Right. So um, thus far, we have not heard of any more Auburn players going in. I have seen a report that, uh, that, that a couple of, couple of young Auburn defensive backs were convinced to stay. So that's good. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to say that's news that players are not leaving. 
but it almost is. I mean, in, in these days, how easily players can go, and you look around and you see, you know, 10 to 15 players from a lot of different teams, including Alabama, that have already jumped in the portal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, now you have to keep recruiting even when they're on your uh, roster, which is unusual. And another another thing that adds to which is a better job, the pros or college. But, yeah, it's a constant battle. you got to get the guys you want recruiting. you got to keep your guys that you want to stay. Sometimes, you know, it works both ways. They're encouraged to leave, but most of the time they're encouraged to stay. All right, so uh, we mentioned uh, a few of the names that have been tossed out there as possible candidates, and 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 Hugh Freeze. No, I, I will say this: uh, there, there's been some speculation for the last uh, few days since the bowl game, and there was some beforehand. Uh, but but I, I'll give I'll give Coach Freeze credit. There's not there's not an awful lot that is just out there that everybody knows. Uh, but it makes sense. The name of Ken Austin does. Derek Nix. We talked about. Makes sense as well. Uh, Damian Craig is another name that has yep. been mentioned, and Damian right now doesn't have a job. Yes. He was not retained by Texas A&M. Hmm. And uh, obviously he has uh, a lot of ties uh, here to his alma mater. Uh, I've seen a- another name that I've seen is um, Brennan Marion, the UNLV offensive coordinator, young guy, uh, whose offense, I mean, uh, really was impressive with a freshman uh, redshirt freshman uh, Jaden Maeva came in uh, after an injury to the starting quarterback and threw for 3,000 yards. They averaged nearly 40 points a game. Now I believe the young quarterback's in the portal, and uh, there's a lot of buzz around that offensive coordinator. And, and he, again, we were talking about ties, uh, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was at Tulsa when when Gus Malzahn was at Tulsa, sort of back to that um, the tree, the tree, yes, that we've yeah. talked about. Yeah, they had a great year, uh, UNLV. Uh, you know, you hadn't heard anything out of them for no. years, and they just they had a great offensive uh, year. Yeah, so I mean, not I, I don't know if there's anything to that. That sometimes those are just that's the hot young. Offensive coordinator. Right. And his name will probably pop up at a lot of places, mm-hmm. whether or not he leaves. But, I mean, he's just – he is one that people have their eye on as, hey, here's here's a young guy to keep an eye on. So, um, doesn't mean he will be leaving or that, you know, he's even on Auburn's radar. But uh, it's just sort of a name – Name worth uh, worth mentioning and keeping an eye on. 334-321-1390, that is the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. You can also text us on the Drive text box, and that is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who are also the sponsors of our podcast. Podcast uh, uploaded right after each show is done every day, and you can check them anywhere that you get your podcast. So if you miss any of any of the shows... Uh, you can uh, check those out. And, again, it's brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's see. Um, I was just trying to think of, of some of the all the other the news because there have been players entering the portal. How about the, the, the one today that I went, oh, yeah, how's that going to happen? And that's Talia Tungavailoa, the, the, the former Maryland quarterback who opted out of the bowl game and I think everyone had assumed was, well, his, he's going to be working out and trying to make it at the professional level, trying to join 
uh, big brother Tua right. uh, in, in the NFL. But apparently, but Talia uh, is seeking a waiver to get an extra year of eligibility. Now, he was at Alabama for two years and then uh, three years at Maryland and is the all-time leading passer in the history of the Big Ten. But at uh, his, his time at Alabama, he played his freshman year, he played in five games. And in uh, one of those games, I believe he just went in and was in for a matter of seconds. But that, was, but that is enough to prevent you from getting a red shirt. The NCAA red shirt rules are you can play in up to four games. You can play in four games max mm-hmm. and maintain a year of eligibility. So what Talia is, is applying and hoping to get from the NCAA as a waiver on that fifth game that he appeared in at Alabama. And, and I've, I've been told that his, um, his argument was he had asked the coaches to not play him in another game, but they put him in at the end of a ball game. And, I, you know, and people would say, well, why did he go in? Because it's not very wise for you to say no when the coaches tell you to go in a game. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, uh, situation. Or it is an interesting situation. I think, and I, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet he'll he'll be he'll get that. I would think. Well, the way the NCAA is is going. dealing with things and uh, allowing, you know, and now decided to let everybody transfer every year, yeah. I would think that's right. But you never know. With no, the NCAA, that's true. They may just every once in a while they just turn around and go yeah. no, and it's on, on some of the ones that you go. Well, that would make sense that they should do that. Yeah, that's 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 the NCAA. Crazy, but yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And and Talia Tungavaloa is a name that definitely was uh, being buzzed about if he had entered the portal this past year. Um, there was, I, I think there was def, I think there was interest from Auburn hmm. uh, if Talia had entered the portal. Uh, this past year before they um, before they got Peyton Thorne. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We're going to effort Coach Sonny Smith and talk a little basketball on the other side. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. Live at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Hope everybody doing well. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And we're going to head to the uh, drive hotline. Welcome in. Definitely one of our favorites. All time, regardless of whatever. I'm not sports, anything. And that is the the Hall of Famer, Coach Sonny Smith. Sonny, how you doing today? I'm good. Hope you guys are. Man, it is good to hear you. Good to hear you sounding like you feel better. I mean, we were concerned, you know, when when you showed up a little while back and, and then uh, sort of the voice just completely faded away. I'm glad I'm glad you're sounding better. Hope you're feeling better. Oh, a lot better. Well, I didn't feel all that bad. It was just the fact that I lost my voice. And I've been checking, you know, with a lot of people. This has happened just having my daughter also. It must be something going around, but I'm 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 feeling really good with the voice right now. Oh, that's great. Well you sound great and it was great to great to have you back the other night. Uh as as Auburn continues to just play outstanding basketball. You know, since that App State game, uh, they have played nothing but no doubters. I mean, 
It's been different players at different times, but just outstanding team efforts game in and game out. When you've got uh, three, three guys in double figures, maybe four, and two, two or three right behind them getting ready to go into double figures, you really got a good offensive team. Now, you add the fact that uh, Bruce Pearl's teams always play solid defense. Mm-hmm. You go along with that offense, we got a pretty solid basketball team. And somebody asked me, he said, what are we lacking? I said, well, it'd be a hard time for you to think of something that we're lacking. But uh, foul trouble has not affected us. That's one thing. And that's something that affects teams this time of year. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, I mean, it's, uh, you know, different different players, different nights. Jalen the other night um, didn't have a great night, but he'd scored 20 or more three of the last five games leading into that. Chad uh, comes off the bench and puts in 16. Uh, Janai had had uh, had a little bit of a slump, but but the last couple of ball yeah. games you see him coming back, and he hits three threes the other night. Yeah, well, you know, you say on a scouting report, well, we got to take away their best guy. Well, the thing about Auburn is uh, you go to a game, you don't know who the best guy is going to be that night. You're going to have three guys for sure, sometimes four in double figures. And uh, to set up a game plan to stop four guys, is that means you're getting the inside-outside effect of, out of their offense, and that's awful hard to defend, especially – if they're getting second shots, and I was looking up at, at the rebounding thing, they got three or four guys really rebounding well for their size. And I know that's one of the things that you were concerned about heading into the season was some help yes. for help for Janai on the boards. Yeah, I was concerned that we wouldn't be as good a rebounding team, but I tell you what, I was really wrong about that. Uh, you got one with eight, one with seven, one with six, and 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 you're you're doing you're doing well. When you got team rebounding as effect, you know, well, they say he's got this one guy that can really rebound. They got a bunch of guys that can really rebound, and offensively as well as defensively. And and one of the things I, I remember you talking about with us earlier, you know, either preseason or just when the season was getting going, was getting help from the guards. And Trey Donaldson is a pretty darn good rebounding guard. Uh, he really is. He, he plays both ends of the floor extremely I tell you, another guy can become a rebounder real quick is Katie Johnson. I thought, oh yeah, I thought he would be. I thought he would be a guy that just go get an offensive rebound because he's one of those uh, spectacular type players. But uh, he's been doing a good job going to the backboard also, and I don't, that uh, that's that surprised me to a certain degree. I don't know that we can cannot uh, that we, that we can't talk enough about KD and his game this year. I mean. He has stepped it up. Bruce was talking the other night that, you know, he's playing fewer minutes, but he's being more productive. And he really, I mean, he's always been that, uh, you know, that that burst of energy off the bench. And you know you're getting, you know, the Tasmanian devil out there. But uh, it's it's not nearly as uh, reckless, it appears, as the past. But he's still got every single bit Boy. as much energy and just really just gives that boost to the team. He really does, and you said it well. It's, uh, I was concerned about him being uh, taking shots away, taking bad shots, and, and forcing things. But uh, he's been really good about that. And the thing it seems to me that he has picked up is his intensity on defense. He really goes after his guy and, and really does a good job in that area. And I, uh, I, 
What I've been really surprised with is the fact that the perimeter players on this Auburn team can all rebound the basketball. And a lot of times you go into that, you've got two guys in rebound, and third one possibly. But these guys, I'm not talking about high stats, but I'm talking about they can go get a rebound, every one of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sticking with the guards, Aiden uh, hasn't been lighting it up offensively lately, but, boy, he hasn't let that affect his game. His his continually, his assist-to-turnover ratio and the team's assist-to-turnover ratio has just been uh, phenomenal. I think uh, he went from a guy that uh, was needing to score points to a guy that was equally happy at sharing the basketball, and that goes along with all of them. The ball, the ball is being shared extremely well by a number of guys. When you got that kind of team play, you're going to be in every game. And uh, uh, Janai, even mm-hmm. even though you know, he's most of his work now is scoring, he is also becoming a good passer out of the post. I was thinking, are we going to have people that can make us better by throwing a ball inside and kicking it back outside for the wide open three? Well, he's done a he's done a very good job of that. In fact, whoever posts up's been kicking it out really well. Oh, you're right, you're right. I mean, we've seen such improvement from from Dylan's game offensively, and and yes, I mean it's it's really been fun. But here we go now. Now the now the the real tests start tomorrow with SEC action, and you know you can't ask for a much tougher place to open than at Bud Walton. Well, of all the places that I've gone since uh, I got doing radio and, and television, in fact, uh, the toughest place that I've seen people go and have a hard time with, Arkansas is, is in one of those top five. That's a very tough place to go play because their fans really get active and get after you in a game, and that, and that certainly helps their team, especially when they're at home. I think that uh, that's one of the reasons – this rivalry, this basketball rivalry, is is what it has become. Uh, is is the home court advantages both these teams have? Because outside of Auburn, everybody's going to tell you, man, Neville's one of the toughest places, if not the toughest place to go. It is because the fans are so close to the court, and uh, the students really get after it. It. Uh, I, I, I've really been impressed with how good we are at home, especially with the effect that the crowd can have on the teams that come in here to play us. I, I haven't seen us really have a down night from a fan standpoint since I've been doing the games this year. No, no, you're right. I mean, it, it's been amazing. Even with the students not here, it's still that big home court advantage, and it, it has been great. All right, tomorrow um, – this Arkansas team, Auburn, you know, from from what I'm seeing, Auburn a a pretty solid favorite, which, uh, you know, it's it's unusual for, uh, but but this Arkansas team, once again, Eric Musselman's got he's got some new faces, but boy, he's got some talent. His team is deep, and that allows him to uh, play the type defense that they play and play it for forty minutes, and uh, the people that get time. Uh, can really get after you because he's, he has a deep team. And he uh, I understand they just got another big kid eligible or, or back from injury. Yeah, I believe not, so. I, and I think that's going to make them a better, as far as a rebounding basketball team, that's going to certainly help them in that category. That's a dangerous place to go. I've been there to do games, and their fans are really active. They really get with it. Yeah, and I look, I look at their roster, and, you know, we, we've talked about – 
Auburn's depth, and and Bruce is saying that he's going to continue to play, you know, the the same number of players. He's not planning on cutting back to a seven or eight man rotation, and that makes sense. I look at uh, I, I look at Arkansas, and they've got eleven guys averaging double figure minutes a game. Yeah. Well, they, they he does that. He did that when uh, most every place that he's coached, or, and his father was a lot like that. And it, and they use a lot of people to really get after you. Do a lot of full court stuff and change up the defenses and double team the ball in different areas on the court. And uh, I think uh, I think his team is built around the defenses and with the number of people he plays. I think tomorrow should be a pretty fun game to watch because uh, neither one of these teams really wants to slow it down. Now we're not going to play slow, and it's going to be awfully hard to to play to slow a game down on an Auburn team, especially with the the. If you think about it, the perimeter players on Auburn team all can handle the basketball. Yeah, they and don't turn it over uh, much. Yeah, that's right. They can all handle the basketball. So that's going to take care of a team that is known for their pressure, known for turning you over and winning games with their defense. Uh, with the kind of team we got, I can see them being a pretty good road team from the standpoint of taking care of the basketball. Hey, it's it's going to be a fun day tomorrow. I mean, full day of SEC basketball. And I heard, <laughs> I heard some folks going, what's the big deal about this opener? Why, why is that one on CBS? Well, Mississippi state is, is 11 and two and South Carolina is 12 and one. I mean, that's the way we get started with, with what some folks may not realize is really pretty good basketball there going to be going on in Columbia. You know, you think about this. This might sound like a crazy statement. When the three-point shot became such a factor in the game, I thought, I thought it would level off with uh, three or four teams being spectacular and really good and the rest of the league, you know, just average and struggling. But it, it looks to me like this is – one of the years where you got to go awful deep in this to find a bad team. Oh, you're not kidding. You I mean, find one at all. Had, I mean, well, I'm seeing um, Joe Lenardi's got right now nine teams uh, projected to make the tournament. You look and uh, there are t- route 10 of the 14 teams in this league already have nine wins as they head into conference yeah. play. And one of those that doesn't is Alabama, who's uh, got, got a ton of talent. So, I mean, it is a it is a dangerous, talented league this year. Who you know as we head yeah. into conference play, who are a couple of the teams that you feel maybe a little better than you thought going in, uh, maybe a team that's not quite living up. I think Alabama's probably the one that thus far isn't quite doing, but their they, schedules they, their schedule's been pretty darn tough. Well, you got to look at uh, Tennessee, and you got to look at. Arkansas, I mean, uh, you, you, South Carolina is looking better. But now. I, I haven't analyzed South Carolina's schedule up to this point, but they look uh, to be a dangerous basketball. Isn't there only lost uh, Clemson? I think was there. A, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Ole Miss is thirteen and zero. And uh, go down to LSU. Nobody wants to go to LSU and play. So uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to be with league play starting. But I would, I, I would say that's another tough place you're going to have to go play. Yeah, some really fun games tomorrow. Obviously, the the Auburn Arkansas game mentioned Mississippi State at South Carolina. Ole Miss is at Tennessee tomorrow. I think that's that's a big game right there. We're going to find out how good Tennessee yep. is because Ole Miss is really good. I think. 
Yeah, this and uh, I think they could be a type of team that could win a game on the road. But I don't expect it tomorrow, though. It's going to be very difficult uh, for for any fan base that expects to see their team go out there and and go. Uh, you know, sixteen and two in the conference, or fourteen and two in the conference. No, I guess sixteen and two. Um, you know, Kentucky though is. I mean, they. We haven't mentioned them when we've been talking about the league. They're an, they're another team that once again, uh, Cal's got a loaded. He's got a loaded roster. The yeah. addition of those big guys coming back recently has just made them even tougher. Well. They were going to be tough to start with, and now they're now they're one of the teams that's going to be right at the top of the league. And uh, I think all of us had kind of overlooked the fact that they were getting better as they come along. Mm-hmm. And it, and when they first started, we said, well, maybe they might be a team that's beatable this year. But it's going to be awful tough to go to Kentucky and win a game. But but then I I just believe that Auburn is one of those teams. I mean, because of the depth and because of the balance that this Auburn Auburn team has. Um, they're going to be right there with everybody throughout this uh, this entire conference season. When you got depth, uh, you can win road games, and, and you know they can't t- take you out. You stars getting in foul trouble, you know. They, uh, and I think this Auburn team is is going to be a traveling type team, uh, positive traveling type team because of the depth and the way people are playing. And uh, I. Uh, I don't know how it's going to be from a three-point shooting team on the road, but I certainly hope if they get that, they're going to really be good. Oh, you're absolutely right. Looking forward to that one tomorrow. And then then we've got the the home opener, another late start. I'm not crazy about those 8 o'clock starts, Sonny, I'll tell you. With no. the, and and it's, it's also the night before classes get started on campus. But, uh, but yeah, you, you're going to be back for the A&M game, right? Yes. And that's uh, that. That's another team that we've all we've all playing Texas A and M. We all just all kind of overlooked them. And uh, Auburn better not overlook uh, them. They've really been tough on the Tigers. Yeah, I know. I started saying we have a tough time there and here with yeah. those folks. So that's going to be an exciting game. And I look forward to it. I really do. Well, we look forward to hearing you and, and seeing you over at the arena on. Uh, uh, on, on, uh, is it, I guess it's Tuesday night. Yeah. Tuesday night, night before yeah. the first day of classes, Sonny, really appreciate you spending some time oh. with us. Good to know that you're feeling better and, uh, uh, y- y'all take care. And, and again, thanks a lot for joining us. Well, it's always fun to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Coach Sonny Smith joining us as he does here on Friday afternoons. Really appreciate him spending a little time with us. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. want to update you. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer going to be joining us at the top of the hour. So stick with us as we continue here on the Friday Drive. Experience and knowledge. ESPN 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final minute or two of hour number one. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Got Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. Now, uh, we're, we're going to uh, see if we can uh, catch up with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer at the top of the hour. So um, if we do that, then we'll have to hold off on your calls. But we'd love to hear from you before the show's over. Get your thoughts on Auburn making a change at offensive coordinator. Don't think they're done with moves as quite a few teams across the country 
are making changes in their coaching staffs. Uh, Don, yeah, I, you had while you were here, you probably felt as good as most coaches can because you felt like you had a pretty stable situation. As you mentioned, you and the staff, the assistants were were together for you know for a long time. Yeah, four years basically at uh, Ole Miss, and then ten here. So that's fourteen years. Like you know, we talked back in the summer when Terry Price passed away. We worked together side by side for 14 years. Mm. That's that's unheard almost unheard of. of yes, now. yeah. And you know, there's a few times you get a little nervous during those 10 years. Uh, I remember, you know, when we were picked to start out so good. I believe in 03, 03 yeah. and we fell behind early. Then we came on and luckily beat Alabama at the end and kind of straightened the ship. And I think we won the Music City Bowl that year. Right, absolutely. And then next year, undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's see. Yeah, we'll talk a little more. Uh, we're hopefully going to get Justin on at the start of the hour. We'll talk more about some of the players that have visited, are visiting, uh, or expected to visit uh, Auburn among the transfer portal players here over the next uh, uh, the next hour as we wrap things up. And right now we're done with hour number one. Stick with us for the second half of the Friday Drive. Uh, doing pretty well. I'm just, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the turnstiles that that are that are spinning here. It's uh, it's been crazy enough just trying to keep up. Who's in the portal? Who's visiting where? What's going on? Things like that. And that's still not done yet. But now, man, the coaching turnstiles are really kicking in with the NCAA coaching convention next week yep. and next weekend recruits able to uh, be brought to campus and schools want to have their staffs in place for both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, this isn't surprising that, you know, Auburn's making moves right now uh, after the bowl game. thought it was very interesting. Uh, last Friday we were in Nashville and we talked to Hugh Freeze and, and the question was brought up about, hey, continuity on the staff and all that. He was basically like, look, you know, uh, it's you know it's continuous right now, but things are about to start to change here pretty quickly across college football. And and he mentioned, you know, not you know never feeling like he got everything right and had all the pieces in place in year one. And so obviously today with the big news of of Philip Montgomery's firing, not surprising news by any means, but I think the timing is you know, very important because, like you said, you know, Bill, I mean, you've got you know guys coming to campus who are transfers. And then you've got, you know, basically next week's going to set up to be a pretty big junior day, um, you know, for Auburn. And then, you know, on top of that, uh, you're still trying to make maybe some finishing touches to your 2024 class, including, of course, uh, Ryan Williams. So, I mean, this is a, it's a very, very critical time for Auburn. And you uh, Freeze showing after what happened last week, um, you know, that he's not afraid to, you know, make some of these moves and, and change course and change direction uh, from what, you know, we heard so you know, not not too long ago, like your early last month. Yeah, one of the th- and one of the things we were talking and, and uh, Don and I talking about this. It's also um, better for the coaches that aren't being retained for them to know about it and have it for sure before the coaching convention next week. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is this is where the carousel really starts to spin. You know, I, I think personally, I wish. This would all be better timing-wise on the calendar for the recruits. Um, you've got guys who have signed, and then a few weeks later find out the coach they signed with might not be here 
uh, anymore. Yep. I, I think that's tough on the players, but I mean that's just kind of how the, the calendar just works uh, in college football right now. So um, they need to get that fixed. I think that's another point against you know kind of what they're currently doing. But yeah, I mean this is this is a time where you know uh, not just Auburn, but uh, plenty of other places are going to be wanting to make moves uh, and lock down their staffs because recruiting is a 365 you know day a year process is a multi-year you know battle for sure and you know Auburn's off to a really good start in the 25 class they want to keep adding on to it um and you know you you do that by getting getting your work done pretty early and uh, you know obviously knowing what your staff's going to look like is a big part of that yeah no question about it I mean of course it was uh while we were up in Nashville word came out about Charles Kelly and that still hasn't been mm-hmm. officially announced but but he's he's in Auburn yeah, no, this is a that's a big move too. Obviously, I mean Charles Kelly. I feel like, I mean Bill, you you, you know as well as I do. Like you know, uh, it seems like every time there was a defensive opening at Auburn or potentially a defensive opening, Charles Kelly's name was mentioned yep. like for the last decade. Um, and, and that just speaks to what he has done as a as a coach over the years, especially on the recruiting trail. Talk about a guy who was you know Alabama's ace recruiter, um, you know, in the last cycle, national recruiter of the year, and then obviously has a, a great track record working you know, with and, 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 you know, under some of the, some of the top defensive minds in, in college football over the years. And, you know, I thought pretty bold move for him to go to Colorado. Um, and, and, you know, obviously Colorado's making some big changes here this off season might not have worked out a hundred percent, but Auburn will definitely take, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, knows Auburn, obviously knows the SEC, knows recruiting at, a, at, a, at an elite level and yeah, already going to work. I think it's just a matter of like what that role actually looks like and, what all that entails because, you know, I have a feeling like I'm, I'm sure you do that, um, you know, the Philip Montgomery firing is, is not the only move we may see from Auburn on the staff this year. No, I, I would be shocked if it was the, yeah, the only exactly. move as a matter of fact. So yeah, stay tuned over the next, over the next uh, few days. I would think they'd like to try to have things in place as much as possible by midweek. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You want to, you want to be able to kind of show, show those guys off. Um, you know, to your to your 2025 class, um, and you know, or guys you're trying to bring into your 2025 class next week. Obviously, transfers transfers are going to continue to be a big part of this this whole thing. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, you know, you still got you still got a target of two in 2024. You want to get um, so. I mean, this is this is going to move very very quickly. And uh, we have kind of seen in this day and age in college football where you know teams will just announce kind of a bunch of moves right. all at once. So I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn goes in that direction over the next few days. No, no, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, Justin, as you mentioned, I mean, you were in Nashville. Well, those of us uh, that were and even weren't there have uh, have, have had their comments. It's your turn uh, yep. just on, on your thoughts of of what we saw this past Saturday up in, in Nashville. Yeah, I thought, you know, I wrote about it in The Observer. I called it a frustratingly fitting ending ending uh, to the 2023 season for Auburn because the way they lost is kind of how they lost a lot of games this season. And the big, you know, problem I thought was was the passing game. You know, and obviously Auburn was operating with a skeleton crew at quarterback or at wide receiver for sure. But you had Peyton Thorne back. Maryland didn't have, you know, their their super experienced quarterback in there. You felt like Auburn may be able to do something. And, you just didn't really have anything in your passing game at all. And because of that, I think your rushing attack really suffered. Um, and, you know, uh, the bottom line is Auburn, um, you know, this season was, I believe it was 109th nationally uh, in yards per attempt, passing yards per attempt mm-hmm. against teams that finished with a winning record. And Auburn was 0-7 in those games. So, 
you know, basically it's just like when, when the competition was a, was quality this year, Auburn just couldn't throw the ball. And if you can't throw the ball, it's hard to really win in this day and age of college football. And so it was bad. I mean, there are reasons why it was bad. Um, but I do think it's pretty telling that, you know, Breeze immediately after the game was talking about potentially changing course at quarterback. Um, you know, obviously they recruited, you reported interest in Cam Ward earlier this week. Caden Salter is out there. Um, you know, we'll see if, how Auburn uh, approaches that. Um, you know, move, moving forward. But, you know, I think this this offense has to change. you got to put some proof of concept out there in 2024. And I think Freeze knows that and realizes that. And so with the firing of Philip Montgomery today, I wrote about this at the, at the Observer uh, this afternoon. It's, it's very interesting. I think, you know, Freeze stepped away from being a play caller and kind of gave up some of that control that he's used to having, a lot of that control really that he's used to having in an offense because he felt like he needed to recruit and he feel, felt like he needed to really focus on that. And it paid off off the field to go on the field. It, it struggled. And that's something where I could see things change. So and I don't know where freeze goes in the next direction of his offensive coordinator. I think there's a number of names that make a lot of sense right off the bat, but I, I would be very surprised if we talk about a 2024 Auburn offense where he freeze is not heavily involved. if not, you know, calling blaze for this offense. I feel like that's something he wants to get back to. And, and Auburn probably could benefit from getting back to it. You know, and also in the ball game, I should also add, like, defensively, slow start, uh, really yep. bad start. Um, you know, but missed opportunities more than anything. Uh, you you could have landed on a fumble. Oh, my you goodness, yes. Tackles. That yeah, ball just I mean, kept it, rolling. Yeah, it could have been a, it could have been a lot better. And I thought – Missed, really yeah, the missed, the missed tackles on the 65-yard little swing pass, the ball yep. rolling around on the ground. Um, you know, uh, yeah, there, there were interceptions. Yes. Yeah. You had a few of those plays and, uh, you know, after the first quarter, Auburn's defense played kind of lights out football. Um, you know, Maryland probably used up a little bit for sure, but I thought they played really well. Some of these young guys out there played well, but yeah, defensively, it's just, you know, you felt like there might've been a feeling out process with a new quarterback in there for Maryland and, and even Ron Roberts said as much, uh, heading into the game. I thought, you know, for, for what they had on that side of the ball coming in, you feel like, you know, you only give up a few touchdowns. Yeah, they all came early. Yeah, it put Auburn in a hole early. But you feel like the defense did well enough to be like, okay, if Auburn can have a competent offense, put it together, you can be competitive in this game. Unfortunately, they, they didn't. And so I think the defense kind of looked worse, um, you know, on top of that. But I think the ultimate thing for the defense, though, is that there's a number of younger guys and, you know, less experienced guys who didn't get to play much this season got some really good experience in that game. And you're, they're going to have to lean on that in 2024. Uh, I agree. We're speaking with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here on the Friday edition of the Drive. You mentioned uh, that that um, you know shoring up the offense. You've got let's see four high school signees, two transfers, and then uh, you mentioned Caden Salter, his his teammate C.J. Daniels on campus um, mm-hmm. today. And so I mean, there's, they're they're still going after after more receivers. And they need to, honestly. I mean, you think that's, that was my whole thing with, with Auburn's offense and, and why I thought, you know, we'll see what they do with the quarterback moving forward. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say there's no, absolutely no shot Peyton Thorne's your quarterback, and or there's absolutely no shot that, you know, Auburn doesn't get a transfer guy. It could be one of the guys they already have. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that stood out to me about when Freeze, you know, kind of went all in in December with this, with this notion, I thought the interesting part was that. I don't see a scenario where you just get as talented as Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson and Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons are. I don't see a scenario where you feel like Auburn 
can just add talented young receivers and say, okay, our offense is going to be better next year. I felt like you needed more, and we're seeing steps to add that more. Whether that is a quarterback, we'll find out. But we do know offensive line, they've tried to get him. They're bringing in wide receivers like C.J. Daniels to try to try to help things out. Tight end was you know, a visitor this week. We'll see what they do at running back and at quarterback for sure. And then, you know, the big one, you are going to be changing your offensive coordinator. So I think it's pretty proactive because while there was a really, you know, it made sense on paper to say, hey, you know, bring everything back next year, have some continuity, you'll build off of that, you can get better. I do think that when Auburn's offense was as bad as it was this season, especially through the air against quality competition, you, you, you could have stood to benefit from bringing in something new. And I think that goes for both the roster and the coaching staff. And, um, you know, I'll give credit to Freeze here. Um, you know, he will, he is, you know, you know, putting his, putting his money where his mouth is right now and, and, and making those moves, even though, you know, it's probably, probably not the, not the greatest thing in the world for a coach to come out and say, Hey, I might have been wrong. Hey, you know, this was, you know, well, we need to reevaluate what I had said earlier. Um, and it looks like they're doing that and they're going to have to continue to work at it. Well, and, and, and then the offensive line didn't play very well at all. Uh, this yeah. past Saturday, and and that's one area that that we know Auburn has been trying to shore up as well. They looking for a left tackle. It appears now that Percy Lewis, the Mississippi State offensive lineman, will be making it in this weekend. So I mean, there's there's another possibility as they look to add an experienced guy on the offensive line. And that would be huge for Auburn, obviously, because I think you know they like what they have. Um, you know, with with Dylan Wade, you know. Could he kick inside the guard? That's probably where his NFL future is. You've got other pieces. But here's the thing. You just need competition, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, could, I could sit here and say that Tyler Johnson's got a bright future, and I think he does. A lot of people in the program are really high on him for the future, but you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, right? And so you need depth. You need competition on the offensive line, and they need to continue to add that. This doesn't have to be the you know, full blast, go get a brand-new offensive line like they did last year through the transfer portal, but they could use some more pieces for sure. Um, to add to a group that I think, yeah, I mean, y- y- y'all know this is the offensive line is the most peculiar position in football because it is the one where you need years of development and training most of the time. You know, guys aren't just freshmen just don't come in and play that much. And so to have a good offensive line, it takes years to build it up. And, and for Auburn, I think, you know, they need to continue to get guys who can play right now, form in the portal to bring that competition, bring that experience, but also know that, getting dudes like Drake Harder and, you know, the class they got last season with Connor Liu, um, that's what's going to make them a great great offensive line long-term. So you're going to have to take a patient approach, but you absolutely could, you know, benefit from getting some experience up there. Oh, no no question about it. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer with us. Justin, will uh, shift to basketball here momentarily. Before we do, mm-hmm. let uh, just let everybody know you, you've got so much going on. You're covering so much, and you're, you're going everywhere. Just to let folks know what some of the latest they can find there at the Observer, and if they're not subscribing, how they can do so. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I put out a, a you know, a, a kind of a column this afternoon on Auburn's offensive coordinator, you know, with the firing of Phil Montgomery and where Auburn could go from there. You can check that out. Had a mailbag today, a lot of football, a lot of basketball in there, talk quarterback stuff in there. So there's a good bit of that. Plenty of basketball from this week um, that you can check out. And then, like like Bill said, I'm in Arkansas, flew in today. Um, and, you know, looking forward, first game of Bud Walton for me tomorrow, looking forward to that oh, wow. opener for Auburn, okay. yeah, for Auburn basketball. Yeah. And so I'll have coverage of that. We'll have podcasts, all that good stuff. 
AuburnObserver.com. It's $6 a month or $60 a year to subscribe. And then everything I write or everything we put out on the podcast um, gets emailed to you as soon as we drop it. So like today, 6 a.m. this morning where we usually post stuff, had a mailbag. And then this afternoon after the Montgomery News broke, had something in your inbox later today as well. So um, just go to the Observer and uh, you know sign up there. Super easy. And we email everything out to you, like I said. Great stuff from uh, from Justin. I de- definitely encourage definitely encourage you to do that. So it's your first trip to uh, to Bud Walton, huh? This is it's going to be yeah. uh, it's going to be an interesting because we were talking with Sonny Smith just a little while ago, and and it's like when you want to talk about two of the most difficult places to play, one of them's mm-hmm. Neville, another one is definitely Bud Walton. Absolutely, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I've, I've I've never covered a game at Arkansas, and I've always wanted to. You know, last year I got to go to Rupp for the first time and. That was a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So I'm knocking out Arkansas this week. And then it's kind of funny. I wrote about this today. Um, Auburn plays at Mizzou to end the year. If I make mm-hmm. that trip, which I'm planning on, I will have hit every SEC basketball venue just in time for Texas and Oklahoma to come into the league <laughs> next season. So, um, so, but, no, really looking forward to it. You know, obviously, Bud Walton is a terror of a place to, to play at usually. Um, Auburn does not have a great record there all time. Um, you know, they have won there under Pearl, but – you know, it's just it's a tough place to play, and you know what you're going to get out of Arkansas. Eric Musselman's got a super talented team. You know, they're still trying to figure themselves out. And, like, how many times have we heard that over the last few years, that, hey, Arkansas might be having some bumps and bruises early, but watch out for them at the end of the year. I think Auburn playing Arkansas and Texas A&M these first two games, it's tough, but get those teams out of the way early. Oh, yeah. Um, I think is the best-case scenario. And, and tomorrow, I think, you know, Auburn's playing better basketball. They should feel pretty good about how they match up in several areas against this Arkansas team. But the fact of the matter is that even though Arkansas hasn't got off to a super great start this year, they beat Duke in Bud Walton earlier yes, this they year. Did. So, I mean, like this is a it's a pretty pretty tough place to play. And they've got uh, this is going to be quite a challenge, I think, for for Auburn's guards. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have played really well, and all, I mean, Auburn just hasn't turned the ball over. Their assist to turnover ratio has been fantastic, but uh, Arkansas's. They're going to give them as much hell as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a team that is very guard-oriented. Um, they, you know, Debo Davis is still there. L. Ellis is there. I mean, they've got Traymond Mark, who gave Auburn the Blues last season in the second round from mm-hmm. Houston. Um, you know, they, they, this is a, still a very, very you know loaded backcourt. Um, might not be a backcourt that's got like a can't miss you know lottery pick like last last year's team did. Uh, but man, they've got experience. They got scoring. The interesting thing with them is if you look at their numbers this year, Arkansas doesn't really have a high assist rate this season, kind of towards the bottom of the country in assists. But what that really means for them, when you look at how many points they score and you look at how well they shoot it, they got a lot of good one-on-one scores. Yep. And the one thing we've heard Bruce Pearl talk about, you know, so far this season is wondering about, hey, can we guard one-on-one, especially with our young guards? Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway are playing fantastic basketball right now. Um, they are on a tear their offense has been through the roof. They've gotten better on defense, but, man, they have not been challenged on defense like they're going to get challenged tomorrow against Arkansas. So it's going to be a really, really big game for those guys and really will show them kind of where they're at right now and compared to a league where you're going to get some really good guard play night in and night out. Probably two of, if not the two deepest teams in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing I've really been impressed with at Arkansas is that you know, Must has gotten a very, you know, a big roster. You know, if we, sometimes you think of these transfer-heavy teams and you think of these star-studded teams and you think of, you know, shorter benches, tighter rotations. 
making sure everybody gets theirs uh, out there. Arkansas played a little bit differently this mm-hmm. year. They uh, they have depth. They are not going to you know look at Auburn and say you know they're going to be super worried about you know getting run out by them or anything like that. They've been pushing the pace. They're playing deep. They're getting healthier. Um, they've got guys who are uh, you know guys who are eligible now. Like they've they, you know this is an Arkansas team that is super deep, uh, and they are going to want to you know play you know play some of. Uh, so what Auburn does well, uh, do it on their own home floor. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing about this team is that this Arkansas team struggled on the defensive end. I'll be interested to see if Auburn can take advantage of that, especially away from home. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a this is an Arkansas team that has got a plenty of talent, plenty of depth. Plenty of weapons, and uh, it should make for a fantastic game tomorrow. Yeah, really, really interesting matchup. Justin, really appreciate you spending a little time with us here on this uh, Friday evening. One more time, uh, let them know about the Observer. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. If you want uh, newsletters on Auburn football and men's basketball um, and, and podcasts as well, AuburnObserver.com. Got a ton of stuff there on the site. And once you sign up, everything we do gets emailed to your inbox as soon as it drops. So, AuburnObserver.com, check it out there. All right, Justin, appreciate it, man. Uh, have have a uh, safe trip back. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, Justin Ferguson joining us here on the Friday Drive. I know we ran a little late, wanted to get some football and basketball talk in with him without having to get to a break. So we'll go ahead and do that. Love for you to join in. We'll open up the phone lines, 334-321-1390, when we come back here on the Friday Drive. My joints aren't what they used to be. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on the uh, this Friday Evening, Bill and Coach Don Dunn. The news of the day here locally, Auburn making a change at offensive coordinator. Philip Montgomery not being retained. And uh, as we were just talking with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, it's hard to imagine that is the the last move we'll hear. We're, we're about to uh, come up on the coaches' convention, recruiting. I mean, transfer portal Visitors can be on campus right now. And as a matter of fact, Auburn's had a receiver from Liberty, C.J. Daniels, <clears throat> has been on campus for the last uh, day and a half. He is a, a 6'2", 200-pounder out of uh, out of Georgia. I believe he's out of Parkview, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I mean, uh, Auburn's gotten some players out of Parkview for, through the years. Uh, and uh, he was a 1,000-yard receiver this year at Liberty, Recruited by Coach Freeze to Liberty. So we'll see if Auburn can add another receiver in there. I mentioned Percy Lewis, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, who yesterday um, rearranged his schedule, was supposed to have been in Auburn yesterday, looked like he'd canceled his visit to Auburn. He has rearranged it, it appears, and now expected to be in Auburn overnight. And uh, stick around in Auburn tomorrow. So that's that's a player at a position where Auburn really looking for help. That's an experienced offensive tackle if they can get one. 334-321-1390. That is the Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar. And let's get to the phone. And John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, Bill. Hey, Coach Dunn. How you doing? Uh, doing well. I just 
confused because, Bill, I've heard you mention still starting next Wednesday a couple times. I thought you were getting rid of your day gig. Uh, I've, I've been, in, I, I've been can, uh, persuaded to stick around for another month just to get this semester okay. going. All right. I, I, I've heard you, I heard you on whip show and I think <laughs> on your show saying this was the last semester. Was yeah. Last as a matter of fact, today was Kathy's last day. She, she retired effective today and, uh, I'm just gonna, uh, I, I'm going to help, I'm going to help, uh, um, Scott, make it through the uh, first month and then turn things over to him over on campus. Well, that's great. Speaking of Scott, his old team, the Auburn High basketball team, is playing yep. Central tonight, and that's going to be a huge game for the area. Man, what what a, what a, what a great segue in there. It's, it's funny. I mean, uh, I was going to, when I got the opportunity, mention that, yeah, we're just about to get started uh, with the broadcast. Um and and so will that so be on tonight, that know? will indeed be on W Lee girls the girls at five thirty the boys following so uh, yeah the uh, um, both teams ranked I think Auburn High is twenty and Central number seven right so it should be a great game Auburn's really come on strong here lately but Central's always about as good as you're going to get in the state oh you're right about that John. I, I think the uh, coach Brand over there is pretty happy when Cam Coleman became an early enrollee. <laughs> he's a pretty good basketball player. That, that's a great. That's a great point. Yeah, he he is a pretty good. He's a pretty good athlete for. And he's the other thing is, kid's just sixteen. Right. Well, that's what I heard. That's crazy. Well, listen, guys. I just want to say hi, and uh, I'm confused about your employment status, Bill. So I'm just checking in. <laughs> yeah, uh, just uh, just three three and a half more weeks. Not that I'm counting the okay. days or anything. <laughs> All right. Good hearing from you, John. Take care, man. Uh, 334-321-1390. And Ken is up next. Hey, Ken. Hey, Bill. Um, I got something on my mind tonight, and I just want to tell you what it is. I'm I'm looking at the people sitting out these bowl games, and that number is increasing every year. Yes, it is. And uh, the thing that bothers me is these people are on a scholarship. We're feeding them and we're housing them. And if you're hurt or injured, I say, hey, I'm okay with you sitting out. But if you're not, I expect you to be out there playing for Auburn. And I just just think this is a trend that's going in the wrong wrong direction. if you're on scholarship to Auburn, you sh- you should be able to come out here and, and play in the bowl games and do your best. It's hard to argue with that, Ken. Don, we, we've talked about this. It is so – it's got to be so difficult now with players having the ability to just leave and be able to play somewhere next year to, to be as disciplined with them and, you know, expect – uh, and say, look, here, here's the way it is. I, I just don't know how how you really are, are able to continue that. Yeah, I agree with you, Ken. I, I'm I'm like you. I don't like it. I think it's wrong, but I don't know how we address it right now. Something has to be done, whether it's through the NCAA or the or the, I guess the institutions. But I don't know how conference. I would think would yeah, be the next. step. I don't know how we can make them play, but they sure need to play. And, and I'm I'm a hundred percent behind you, Ken. Well, it's going to 
it's the momentum is it's going in the wrong direction. I mean, every year it seems like there's more setting out. You know, one thing that uh, somebody mentioned, I don't know if we talked about it on the air, but somebody brought up to me, and it doesn't sound like the craziest thing, with so many players, high school players graduating early and practicing with a bowl team, why not yeah. at least why not allow them to at least play in the bowl game if you're going to do yeah, that? If you're well, going to have if you're going to have upperclassmen, sure. If, yeah. if they're on campus and with the team, I would agree with them playing. But uh, I how, think, how excited uh, do you think fans would be if they had an opportunity to watch Cam Coleman and guys like that play in the bowl game? And maybe sure, not count they'd be excited. Yes, against them. Absolutely, it yeah. shouldn't count. No. That's a great idea. But uh, I just see this as a trend that's going in the wrong direction and. And if we're going to put up with it, we, we're going to end up uh, maybe one day we, we don't have enough people to fill the team. Oh, I, I agree. I, I don't know that it's just a trend going in the wrong direction. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that may be a cliff that we've gone off, and it's going to be tough to try to figure out how to, you know, how to avoid that complete plunge. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm with you on that, and I just wanted to express my views. Great hearing from you, Ken. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. We'll, uh, if I get a chance, I'll, I'll try to recap some of the players that have been visiting, some of the ones that are expected to visit, uh, some of the guys Auburn is looking at, and um, we'll talk a little more about possibilities there at offensive coordinator. Love to get your thoughts on anything sports-wise as we head into the final 20 minutes or so here of the Friday Drive. Seven. Part of the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday evening. Bill and Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Back to the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar. And Jerry is next. Hey Jerry. Hey guys. Um I have a couple of questions. Uh, Damian Craig, has he ever been the offensive coordinator? No, he has not. Uh, but let me say let, let me say that with the expectation that Coach Freeze is going to call the plays, uh, play calling, I would not think would be the most important characteristic of that position now. It would be more, uh, Don, you, you can talk about this. What, when, when you talk about coordinating people immediately think the first thing they think of is play calling, but, but that is, that is just part of usually what is a coordinator's duties. Right. Uh, like you said, Bill, I, I have a strong feeling that coach freeze will call the plays and have a very, very strong arm in the game plan where it sounds like sometimes this, this year he wasn't able to do so, especially during the bowl practice because of recruiting and stuff. So you don't necessarily have to have the background as an offensive coordinator. No, but this, this, this can be a way to, in case someone hasn't been a play caller, to learn more about right. that. But, I mean, the duties would, would be more um, being in charge of the offense – if if and Coach Freeze, I agree, is going to be very heavily involved in the game plan. But it's it's you know everything that leads up to the game, and that's why it's called you know coordinating and right. trying to make sure that everybody's on the same page, and you're doing what the game plan calls for and setting things up 
as far as as play calling. Yeah, and I know he's got a uh, reputation of being a great recruiter. Oh, he, he's he's always been an outstanding recruiter, and he currently yeah. is is uh, he doesn't have a job right now. Texas A and M. Mike Elko did not retain him at A and M, and I know some folks have seen him around town. Is uh, he from the Mobile area? Yes, I thought so. Um, also, I heard that McGriff may be leaving. Uh, he he has uh, is at Texas A and M. He has joined Mike Elko's staff at Texas A and M. So oh, so so that would. Uh, now that doesn't mean that Charles Kelly is moving into his position, but that would keep the number about the same and would leave you one with one opening right now that that we know of, and that would be for Philip Montgomery. Charles Kelly is going to fit onto the Auburn staff at you know somewhere, but just don't know exactly what his duties will be. You you would expect it's going to have something to do with the secondary because that's that's been his primary role throughout his career. Yeah, and plus. A- it's a revolving table. Oh, it is, man. It, 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 the, 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 uh, that revolving door, is, is, uh, it's spinning faster and faster. All right. Thanks. Yeah, it's like Will Ferrell in Elf when he's talking about, you know, you just gotta, how you got to get in and out of it. Um, but, but, yeah, again, just stay tuned. Uh, I thought maybe there'd be some more news here, but I don't disagree with what Justin was saying. Wouldn't be surprised if Auburn just had a, an announcement that involved multiple spots uh, at some point here, and and maybe you know maybe toward the end of the weekend or first of next week. Yeah, that's you know like we were talking. That's what LSU did. They just oh yeah, LSU. Yeah, yeah. Brian Kelly just that's it. The whole defensive staff is gone, mm. and uh, apparently they they uh, tried to go after Bo Davis, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, now that now Bo Davis he's a uh, offensive coach though, right? Isn't, I think defensive line. No, he's line. defensive line. Defensive That's right. I was line. thinking somebody right. else. No, you're right. right. Defensive line coach who had uh, been at LSU and uh, very successful uh, defensive mm-hmm. line coach and recruiter and was at, at Texas. He's staying at Texas. Hard, you know, hard to argue that. I could see where either. I mean, he's been at LSU. That would be attractive, but Texas is in pretty good shape right now as well. And also the rumors that we've all heard that if uh, Coach Harbaugh leaves Michigan – that Kelly may be going to Michigan, which is crazy. Whoa, whoa. LSU, LSU fans would lose their minds. Yeah, they'd jump off a bridge. Oh, man. I had, I had not heard that yeah. one. Uh, another name that I hadn't thought about, and I saw someone post, I think AL.com mentioned uh, as a possibility for offensive coordinator at Auburn, that's Matt Luke. And, yeah, you think about it, the connection there, Matt Luke was uh, the offensive coordinator, was promoted and was the offensive coordinator for Hugh Freeze, uh, his last year or two at Ole Miss, and then of course took over for Hugh when uh, when Hugh was let go. And Don, you said you recruited him. Well, I didn't personally, but we did at Ole Miss, and what a great kid! I mean, your good, staff, did. yes, and a good, good, good coach, good recruiter, heck of an offensive line coach, and a better person. So that's all. yeah. Every, everybody loves Matt Luke. Yes. I remember, you know, you recall when when Ole Miss was contemplating a change. Man, the players. Uh, you know, just just couldn't stand the thought of Coach Luke leaving. Right. Uh, I think that would be a plus. I didn't think of him either, Bill. That's another. As you go through this process, oh, what about this guy? What about this guy? They keep popping up. You got you got to look at the connections right, that there exactly. are. Exactly. And you sometimes you don't realize. Well, he worked with this guy, you know, here and there, and it's 
like we said, it's a revolving door. Yeah, now, uh, and of course, uh, Matt was out of football. He went to Georgia and then took uh, a year or so, or is it two years, I guess, off, and uh, has just recently been hired by Dabo Swinney as offensive line coach at Clemson. Wow. So, I mean, and it that surely wouldn't be unprecedented. It might make you go, wow, he wasn't even there. That happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Happens, happens all the time that coaches get better opportunities. They they get an opportunity to go somewhere, mm-hmm. and a better opportunity comes along. You were talking about, right. uh, you know, having to make a decision right. when, when you guys were coming to Auburn. Right, uh, yeah, and I would think he would love to get back in the SEC. Uh, concerned what's going on in the ACC right now. And Clemson, uh, you're right. Clemson's a great program. Dabo's a great coach, but it's still they're not where they used to be. And uh, but you know it's a good it's a good problem to have. Oh yeah, no kidding. M- many multiple places wanting you. Oh right. yes, yes beats the heck out of the alternative. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in as we wind it down here on the Friday Drive. The Edward Via College of Osteopathic.